No, don't. Uh, I'm going to cut it out of my audio when I send it to you. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hoops Cast. I am your host, Jacob, a.k.a. Rusty Buckets, joined by my co-host, Muhammad, a.k.a. Mojo99. Say what's up, Mojo. What's up? What's up? What's up? And now joined again by, I guess, this fucking leech, who's our unofficial oh, third shit. co-host. Mojo, or Rudy is here again. I just called him Mojo. Yeah, that's that's not the first time you've called me Mojo. Um, I didn't not, know you were on yeah. He's a fucking leech. Look at this little gremlin. Uh, so today, there's nothing much to talk about other than the Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell thing, but I really don't want to talk about that. Uh, I guess we could if you guys want to, but other than yeah, that, we should there's not much, not much going on in the NBA right now, so we wanted to mix it up. Today, we're going to talk about what NBA player we think would survive the Hunger Games, as well as how we would do a heist, how we would rob a bank with three NBA players of our choice, as well as talk about this debate that came up on Twitter a couple days ago that's probably irrelevant by now, and that's Allen Iverson versus Dwayne Wade. Okay. Gotcha. Did you say you wanted to talk about the Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell thing? Yeah, let's just touch on it because it's actual move. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, man. So... Um, what was your initial thoughts once like this came out that Rudy, I mean that uh Donovan Mitchell really doesn't mess with Rudy? Uh, well, add him to the list of every other player in the NBA. He's <laughs> 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 like every player hates Rudy Gobert, and yeah, I never understood one... the hatred of Rudy Gobert before this, but now it's like kind of fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, feel you, dog. Feel you. To be honest, I didn't think I didn't I thought that Donovan Mitchell was just gonna kinda let this bowl over and just, you know, let bygones and bygones and shit and just forgive him, you know. But damn, he's taking this like to heart and like to be honest, he has every right to take this to heart because it's like, you know, it's a life threatening thing that's going out there. Yeah, that's the thing that came people. across my mind too. It's just a life threatening element. Look, the thing is, rationally, odds are Gobert didn't even really give Donovan the virus. But uh Regardless of that, he was still acting like a fuckhead. And yeah. if you're being irrational and you've been cooped up in your penthouse slash mansion all day, and you got you got to think about why that's the case, you might just get like, like come to the conclusion of fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, literally. Even dog. if rationally, literally. even if rationally, we can look at it and be like, Gobert probably didn't give it to him. That doesn't yeah. mean that he doesn't think that he did, and that's that's all that really matters. Yeah, you're right on that, dude. You're right on that. Like, I don't, now, think, I don't think telling Mitchell, like, hey, he probably didn't give it to you is going to change how he feels about it. Exactly, because, like, the the idea of him still giving it to him is still there and the possibility of him yeah, And the fact that he was out there so coughing on his teammates during, like, in the locker room, like, what? How, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I think that's the reason why. Like, if he just had it and he didn't know, that would be one thing. But like him touching microphones and coughing on people in the locker room is a joke. Like, like I mean, basically the conclusion here is fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. So and one I of mean... the one of the first things I thought after the news came out was like, well, yeah. the Jazz are gonna get out of having to give him a max that he's not worth. <laughs> mm-hmm. A super max. 
yeah, like Rudy Gobert, he's better than a lot of NBA players than a lot of centers out there. But it's kind of weird to like it's it's really weird to give him a, a max or anything close to that. What do you think he's worth? How much would you pay Rudy Gobert if your team really needed him? Um, twenty eight million a year max. Twenty eight. Damn, that's so painful though, because like he doesn't have a large impact, and like his impact really doesn't. doesn't show Rudy Gobert on your like team, that. as long as the rest of your personnel is not absolutely bad. That yeah. that's the best defense in the league. Like that's just how impactful he is on that end, and he's not a bad offensive player. So I think he is worth that. However, I also don't want to give a massive chunk of my uh, salary cap to a guy who's not yeah. not really an offensive guy. Yeah, like 30, 35 mil is fucking wild. But here's the thing. Over. Here's the thing. And I, I, because I saw this, I made a video on it, and it's my last video to hit 100,000 views. And I'm kind of salty that it's been a while, but that's fine. Uh, uh-huh. Rudy, because he made an all NBA team last season, I believe it was, uh, and an all defensive team, he is now eligible for the Supermax, which mm-hmm. means when he gets signed in 2021, there is a legitimate chance. That if he had stayed in Utah and if they gave it to him, he would have been making sixty million a year. Oh yeah, you did make that video. I remember that was like last year, right? Ten months Summer ago. 2019. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I remember watching that video. That shit right there sounds like pain as a DM. Like okay, literally, I'm not depression. paying that much money to Rudy Gobert. I'm not paying that much money to anyone that's not a top five player in the league. Yeah, bruh. I mean, I think I'd do it, like, for a top 7, 8, 10 player, you know, maybe 11. But for someone like Rudy Gobert, who is, like, at the end of the day, he's limited on the court and only has – his impact can only reach so far compared to, like, a perimeter player or a center who can do – like, who actually has offensive skills, I wouldn't do that shit no matter what, bruh. Shit dead. Mojo, I would actually like What's to – What's your take so, on this Rudy, the other Rudy that we're yeah, – yeah. I'm, uh, I'm really yeah, curious about that Mojo's like. opinion on this specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's not get it twisted. I'm I'm the good Rudy in the NBA for once. I'm not the one that yeah. people don't like. Dude, so many uh, fucking Zay posted a start bench cut with the three of us, and I was surprised how much I got cut. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I figured I was the auto cut for everyone, but uh, I don't understand how you were cut like the same amount yeah. as me, considering you're no offense, a lot less known than I no, am. No, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, shout out to everyone who My didn't cut me on that, that thread day. on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm really mostly curious about Mojo's perspective on Rudy in particular because I feel like if there was one team in the NBA that actually qualifies for having Rudy Gobert on their roster, it is the Atlanta Hawks because they have so much youth on that team and having a solid defense is a very important element to building a successful, positive, winning youth culture. And, yeah, and if there's any ying to Trey Young's yang, it's fucking Rudy Gobert. Right, right, yeah. I can't yeah. think of a player that's more the opposite of Trey Young than Rudy Gobert. <laughs> exactly. So, like, if <laughs> yeah. anything, they would make an excellent fit. However, with that being said, Clint Capella, with his contract over the next three seasons, right? You have 2021 being a 16 yeah, million. Yeah, it's much more healthy. Over 2021 through 2023. He makes sixteen, seventeen, eighteen million dollars. Does not. Right? He doesn't touch the defensive impact of Rudy. Yes, Gobert. definitely not. not but close. he right. does give you just enough to be like a serviceable guy in a similar role, right? Especially yeah. on offense. Him and Rudy Gobert are incredibly comparable on offense. Uh, so, with that, all that being said, Mojo, how much would you be willing to give up 
to sign I wouldn't to even. trade Here, Clint can Capella. I, can, I say my piece, can I say my piece about this? Yeah, of course. Because I'm planning on making a 2K talk about this. I don't think any team in the league should trade for Rudy Gobert, and it's for one simple reason. The, his impending free agency, we are going to have to probably pay him more than he's worth. And yeah. two, Rudy Gobert is now probably the most hated player in the league at this point. <laughs> like, not saying from a fan base perspective, but from the players within it. When this guy was found out, when it was found out that he had corona, like, dead ass, Evan Fournier is the only player in the entire fucking league who said. Yeah prayers up for Rudy Gobert or something like that. The and that's only player. because they're the same and that's only because they're the same nationality and they played together yeah. and they known each other for a minute. So my <laughs> this is this is this could be complete bullshit and maybe people will be over it in two years, but I feel like people are gonna in the NBA are gonna fucking hate Rudy Gobert. So if you trade for Rudy Gobert, you're not gonna be signing any big free agent while he's on your team. Because no one's gonna want to play with the guy. And you might lose guys in free agency because of it. Because everyone in the league fucking hates him. So, like, I've seen people suggest that the Bulls trade for Rudy Gobert. And I'm yeah, like... Yeah, let me see that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, because, one, the Bulls are going to have $70 million in cap space in the 2021 free agency. So, I would rather sign someone then than trade for Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the thing is, if you trade for Rudy Gobert, you have to pay him and he has to be one of the maxes that you would give out. And then what like guy in that free agency class is joining Rudy Gobert? Cause they don't No one in the league fucks with them. Like I I don't want to trade for Rudy Gobert. We already have Wendell Carter, who I think can be like 80% as impactful as Rudy Gobert is. Yeah. Rudy, it's, it's so crazy how much he like tainted his, uh, how he's portrayed by people. Like if you're like, I, I, I guarantee you that Rudy, he, he would take back if he could like switch instances and like you know instead of he still catches corona but instead of like playing around with it publicly and like allowing his playfulness to be displayed on TV and shit like that, I think he'd rather have like his fucking sex tape leak like fucking Jamal Murray rather than something like this because the sex tape shit like that happens every other year with NBA players and just people in general and that shit just blows over nobody cares but this some like this ain't no blowing over and that really hurts his this is gonna follow rudy for a long time yeah yeah exactly nobody fucked up his legacy is probably going to be the guy like i can't no don't say it don't say it bleep it (laughs) (laughs) i almost said it and i was stopping myself (laughs) the the roni man we'll we'll say the roni man (laughs) like i think rudy gobert is going to be known more for this than anything he does with his career. <laughs> and what, yeah. That's kind of fucked up. It's like up. the way that Dikembe Mutembo is always associated with the finger wag and his silly little voice rather than being an incredible defensive player. Rudy Gobert is always yeah. going to be associated with canceling the NBA from being just a big old asshole. And even yeah, though, man. yes, Rudy Gobert, it was going to be canceled regardless, that doesn't change people's perception. Right. That's all that really matters here. Yeah. Yeah. Perception is reality half of the damn time, and in this case, I think that's what we it just got be. done talking about yeah. how and that feelings brings me to matter this point, more though. than facts when it comes down to Donovan Mitchell's like feelings regarding uh, Rudy Gobert. So, I mean, yeah. that's it, that's gonna scale. Yeah, and this is this is the perfect this is the perfect point. You're right, and this is a perfect point. Like, so what if like you know, obviously, it's gonna be like nearly impossible to trade Rudy Gobert because no one's gonna want that man on their team unless you're like 
a team that needs something in place like the fucking like Detroit Pistons or something like that. But I don't even think if, they would if, do that. If I'm the Jazz, I'm trying everything in my power to rekindle that relationship. Yeah, like, or else, like, what if, like, the Jazz, like, walk up to Donovan Mitchell and be like, hey, man, I can't, we can't do nothing about it. He has to stay on the team. What if, like, they're brought up to a certain point to where they have to, like, Donovan Mitchell demands a trade because he just don't want to be in the same facility as Rudy. I don't know. It depends how strongly he feels. Like, if he's, like, demanding a trade level, then I'm trading Rudy Gobert. Because even though Rudy Gobert, in my opinion, is the best player on the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, three years from now, is going to be the best player on the Jazz. So I don't even think he's the best player on the Jazz. You're tripping on that. But what I do think... he's that impactful defensively. Like, seriously. So, so if... Are you telling me if you strip Rudy Gobert from the Jazz or strip strip Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz, who's going to be a better team? Which team is better? The Jazz Um, without Donovan Mitchell Mitchell are a better team than the Jazz without Rudy Gobert. The Jazz without Donovan Mitchell are a better team than a... The Jazz are worse without Rudy Gobert than they are without Donovan Mitchell. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't... See? Okay, and there's my thing with it. I don't think that's true because I did a video like this like two two years ago back when um Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons was were like rookies and shit. And I literally sat down and counted out how many games Joel Embiid missed in his rookie. I mean, uh, during Ben Simmons' rookie year, compared to Rudy Gobert missed during uh, Donovan Mitchell's rookie year. And that that and and in those years, you know, obviously those are, those are some of the best centers in the NBA. Um, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, Rudy Gobert, he ended up missing a couple more games, and he had a better record than Ben Simmons in the in the Western Conference. So that just yeah. that's just kind of proof to show that like Donovan Mitchell he but does here's what the I'll say play. here's he's what the... I'll say other than uh-huh. this year because this year the Jazz have been yeah. weird but I'll say for the years yeah. previous the Jazz have always been one of the three best defensive teams in the league and middle of the pack offensively Mitchell yeah. is an offensive player Rudy Gobert is a defensive player Rudy leads the defense Mitchell leads the offense the Jazz have always been a top defense while a middle of the pack offense. So that's why yeah. that's how I feel why I feel that way. Yeah, but I feel like you could take that same yeah, premise and then like use it to say that, oh well, without Rudy, then what are they? Mediocre on offense and mediocre on defense. Then then they're just mediocre. Whereas if they lose Donovan, exactly. you're like, eh, you can it's a little bit easier to make up baskets rather than it is to make up stops. Especially considering they have Bojan Bogdanovich who has been ridiculous. Yeah, man. And Mike Conley is a really good um, yeah. uh, number one scoring option when he isn't fucking sucking like he has been all year. I mean, once once he gets comfortable, I'm, I'm hoping he'll bounce back. But Michael Conley fucking sucks. Yeah. Well, okay, but here's the thing, guys. Here's here's what I wanted to get to because, like, I've been seeing my friends and shit have been sending me, like, um, images of Donovan Mitchell uh, jersey swaps in well, Atlanta I, Hawks. In Atlanta don't Hawks don't mistake me saying that for me saying they should trade Donovan Mitchell because they should. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm just playing with the idea. They I'm should trade Rudy Gobert if they have to choose between yeah. the two. But I'm just saying, like, if Donovan Mitchell requests a trade, there's or demands a trade, there's nothing you can do about that. You know. I mean, you well, cannot, if he's, if he well, in this in this system. scenario, he's probably saying him or me. So I know, I know, but so like, trade Rudy, what if, do, and, then he, and then he'll be quiet. <laughs> okay, I'm listen, listen, listen. I'm just saying, what if he just wants? What if he just wants to be done with that organization? Because we all know how damn near impossible it is to get rid of Rudy. They're, I'm pretty sure the Utah Jazz are pretty much going to force each other, try to force each other to be cool again. And yeah. you know, I'm just playing with this idea. I'm reaching like a motherfucker here. But what if Donovan Mitchell, you know, requests a trade, and you know. 
he, oh, he I'm pretty sure one of his preferred spots oh, is going to be like the Atlanta Hawks, obviously, oh, because of Trey Yeah, Williams. there it is. I that's, where I'm, that's where I'm going. I saw it coming. That's where I'm going with it. <laughs> and this makes sense because we literally, if you look at the Atlanta Hawks team, like, bro, like, we have hella young players and we're strapped from everywhere. But these young players, a lot of them aren't good. Like Kevin Herter, I love the man. He's one of my favorite players. But he's he's not a starter on this team. He's not well, a starter on most teams. I think he's a good six. Here's the thing. So the I feel Jazz like. Jazz are I feel not. Like, under any circumstance, trading Donovan Mitchell. They will trade Rudy Gobert. They'll trade their whole team before they trade Donovan Mitchell. Bro, I know. I'm saying I said I'm, I was reaching. What the hell? I said well, I was reaching like a mug. It's, it's being it's, able to reach. That's not happening. Yes, I He's said that's the point. The I said it, I was reaching. I'm playing with the idea, dingus. I said it was reaching. Now to continue my okay, further. I'm playing with the idea <laughs> that he could be traded to the Bulls. <laughs> Hell no, that's a reach. <laughs> Hell no, that don't make no sense. Play with the Rudy being on the Bulls, all right? That, we can that's give him Zach reach, Levine, bro. who what does the, the same shit. That's a way better package than anything Atlanta has. Are you on the Are you, are you on the Devil's Lettuce, man? Like, relax. I'm on the Devil's Lettuce as we speak. Relax. Saying Zach Levine's not a better trade asset than Kevin Herter. No, nah, he is, but I mean, we're not talking about that, okay? No, the Bulls okay, are so, yeah, the Hawks okay. are targeted okay. for let's, a reason. Let's bring it know? back down to reality. They train Trey Young and Donovan to train together in the summer. But, but, but um, I just want to, I just wanted to throw this out, this idea out there. Donovan just, Mitchell like, if isn't get going a top anywhere. Five pick, this is irrelevant. I know, Dingus. Top five pick, you know, Kevin Herter. Okay. They could throw in DeAndre Hunter too, or whatever the fuck. Couple first round picks if they want to. Hey, we can make it happen. I'm just letting, letting all Utah Jazz fans know, you know, what's up? All of, all my Atlanta Hawks fans, you know, that's just another possibility because As we have, have an said, endless amount of, you know. trade their pick this year and another asset for Bradley Beal. Not Donovan Mitchell. Nah, yeah. I wouldn't say it's not happening. I wouldn't say it's not happening. It's, it's so not, not out of the conclusion. I think happening. I mean, I wouldn't say it's out of, out of the conclusion. Hmm. Let's, let's see here. Would you... Mojo, be okay with trading. Yeah. Let me make sure this works in the machine. Try trade. Yeah, it does. Oh, he's really yep. doing it. Would you be okay with trading Clint Capella and Dwayne Dedman for Rudy Gobert and Ed Davis? Uh, Clint Capella and Dwayne Dedman? Uh, I like Ed Davis a lot. Ah, uh, shit. Ed, I, Ed I Davis is underrated. He's like the third best rebounder in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, shit, I'll be cool with it because I think we'd be a better team because, you know, yeah, I think we'd be a better team. I'd be cool with it for well, sure. Well, that's a legitimate, you know, real possibility based on what I'm looking at in, like, the trade machine. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like really I'd be cool with that for sure. In Atlanta and in nowhere, nowhere else, really. So um, I really think, like, if he's going to yeah. go somewhere, Atlanta is perfectly I think it. it would be really good for them. I mean, I, wouldn't Atlanta have a decent amount of cap space in 2021? Dude, if they, even if they signed Rudy Gobert to a Supermax, this summer I'm we being do. Dead ass Next summer we this, do. I'm might. checking the math. You know, I'm staring at the cap sheet. Even if they sign Rudy Gobert to a Supermax, they have another fucking max slot while they still have all their young assets under their rookie deals. Yeah, it's still... So yeah, Atlanta? It's just, yeah, it's... I don't know, well, man. that's before that's before we like re-sign John Collins though, so that's kind of inaccurate. Yeah, it's kind of skewed. That's before John Collins. Don't you also have to re- don't you also have to re-sign Trey Young in that offseason? I'm looking at twenty one, twenty two, because uh, right. Wait, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't. That'd be his third season. So yeah, still be on his rookie. Trey Young's a little later, a little yeah. later. Yeah, but John Collins, his shit. He's he's gonna want it back, and I'd be giving. I'll, I'll give it to John. 
Yeah, you're, you're going to have yeah. DeAndre Bembry going into restricted free agency. Uh, oh, no. Dude, we don't want to lose DeAndre <laughs> Bembry. <right. laughs> Shiver me timbers. <laughs> yeah, so, all that. Uh, let's see. Cam Reddish is still under contract. You're going to have the sixth pick this year, still under contract. Yeah. It's Trey Young's last year. Yeah, so you're really just looking at John Collins. Yeah. Okay. Well, but aside from that, like we still have a fuckload of money to yeah. play with. And plus, John Collins also like has his bird rights because he's a you know you've had him. I think I would just stick with Clint Capella, honestly. But you don't want that boost. Even on though I know Rudy Gobert is a lot better, I'm more comfortable with the money and being able to sign for agents. If I was Atlanta, I would be willing to give up Clint Capella, and uh, and you know just make that swap. Plus, maybe the sixth pick, honestly. If I was like super desperate to make my team, I don't want to give up. I'm not giving up our pick for Clint Cap- uh, for Rudy Gobert. That shit did. I'm not giving up my pick. Hell no. <laughs> I, and look, I need I need Aunt Edwards in my life. I'm not giving up no pick for for Rudy Gobert. That is deceased. <laughs> All right, but I give up like the next year's pick. I think we're gonna have to stick to just either the Hunger Games or the heist thing. It's already 21 minutes into this shit. No, it's, um, it's been it's been a, a oh yeah, this is a long game as hell. <laughs> But let's talk about uh, Wade versus Iverson now. Where, where, where are all you guys picking here? I mean, I feel like based on my previous appearance on the show, it's pretty obvious that I'm pro Iverson. But I'll let you guys go off first. But over, I think though. when it comes to, like, what are we talking about? Like, better player or like better career? Better player. Better player. I think I would choose Wade. Just because he's proven, and you know you can't take anything away from that, and you can take stuff away from Allen Iverson. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going Wade, and plus I think a lot of people forget how like insane Wade was way earlier in his career when this man was dropping oh, thirty. Yeah, what's the the problem is a lot of people's memory of Dwayne Wade is him on those big three Heat. Yeah, a, a yeah. lot of new zoomers, and obviously that's that was like us a gradient millennial zoomers and and bona fide millennials. We we remember Dwayne Wade before the LeBron matchup. Yeah, whatever you old fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really made a Family mm-hmm. Guy joke. Um, I'm old as fuck. What can I say? <laughs> What's your so, take on it? I am also taking Wade over Iverson for sure. I think Wade's had a and better. I career, have a simple, yeah. but I would like raw talent. But as talents, though, here's the here's the reason. All right, I think offensively Iverson was slightly better than Dwayne Wade. However, yeah, for sure. Defensively, it's no contest, no contest. Yeah. So and just like, by that simple fact, I'm giving it yeah. to Wade for sure. Yeah. With confidence, yeah, I think AI's. Yeah, I think AI is better than him offensively, but it's not so much better to the point where it like overlaps Dwayne Wade's defense. You know? See. And I don't even think Iverson is like that much better offensively than Wade. Like I think he's like ten percent better. See, admittedly for me, the idea of Allen Iverson is a little bit more romanticized than Dwayne Wade because I've seen a lot more Dwayne Wade. Like one of my earliest basketball memories is being on the phone with uh my friend Brad. He was a big Kobe fan. And it was during that game where Kobe hit that one-legged bank shot three over D-Wade for the win. Uh, it was during that game we were having the argument about who's better. Now was Team Wade. And then Kobe made that shot, and I was like, never mind. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've, been, I've been way more exposed to Dwayne Wade. Allen Iverson, I, he's the guy that got traded for Chauncey Billups that put him on the Nuggets for me. You know, So there's a lot more mystique involved in AI for me 
But with that being said, I'm going to appeal to the mystery and think about the what ifs of if AI was on an actually decent circumstance, a decent team, uh, one that actually maximizes talents. Like I said you know, last time, you know, he would I do want to say something about Iverson. It, it, it was because you you talked. I don't agree with that at all. You talked about uh, like Iverson with spacing and like that kind of deal. Yeah, when he was in Denver, granted it was partially out of his prime. He had spacing, and the team was instantaneously better with Chauncey Billups. Yeah, but that's because of not, the, not the mellow matter. effect. There's only one ball. But Melo was, was still team. a decent off-ball player. Melo was still a decent off-ball player, and like there was, there was enough. I think there was enough there to put some hesitance towards your spacing theory that, like, with spacing, he'd just be this god-tier player. Uh, I will dispute that by saying that while yes, there was some spacing on those relatively modern Denver teams with AI and Carmelo on them, because of the amount that Carmelo and AI relied on iso ball to maximize their flow and their game. It negated the amount of potential spacing that would have otherwise been there if, say, Melo was a pure spot-up player, a guy who didn't like to post Look, up. I'm just saying we have seen Iverson with some spacing, and Chauncey, a player on Chauncey Billups' level, no offense, was instantly <laughs> more impactful. I mean, Chauncey and may Chauncey be a better Billups player. Chauncey clearly in... miles behind Dwayne Wade. What? <laughs> Mm. American Numbers, who is, uh, and that's his Twitter handle. His actual name is fucking Arturo. Uh, but he's kind of never wrong about anything. Sure. I think in his top 50 all time, he actually has Chauncey higher. Uh, he, he's a big math guy. So the numbers might suggest that Chauncey is better. Fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you think, if you think Chauncey is better than Iverson, that's how much I think Iverson was underutilized. If you think mm, Chauncey's better than Iverson, then you have to think that Wade is better than Iverson. I, I do. Chauncey I do. is not as good as Wade. I, I do. I do. But I'm just saying, in, in my in my heart, 51% of me truly believes that Allen Iverson was a better player that never yeah. got to shine. I would have loved to see... I'm going to say that Dwayne Wade, I for sure, every time. I would have loved to see, like, prime Chris Webber and, like, a bunch of spacing on those Sixers teams. I think that would have been phenomenal. Yeah. Go on, because mm-hmm. they unfortunately Chris Webber came to the Sixers way too late, and he still averaged like I think eighteen or so points, but it wasn't enough. But like prime Chris Webber, I mean, we were I was talking about him in my video the other day. Very underrated in my opinion. I think Iverson with another scorer like that who gets a lot of his offense by playing with a guard and then a bunch of shooting would have been great to see. But with that said, Wade is still considerably better and yeah and i i do think it's fair to say wade in like 2006 there wasn't that much spacing on that team that he took mm-hmm. that he took to a championship yeah well in 2006 spacing wasn't yeah. really a pretty thing much that single-handedly let's be honest here spacing is yeah spacing pre-curry is a different thing like when we talk about spacing we're talking about having a person like, who he takes used to threes. get a lot of credit for having spacing. Like in, in like 2008, spacing was having a power forward that could shoot a mid range shot. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like Kenyon Martin could provide the occasional spacing as a power forward uh, by t- taking an occasional 18 footer. You know, that opened things up for the, a lot of players on the team with the way the game was played back then. Now, now it's like people are debating if it's even worth having anyone on the court who can't shoot. Right? It's like Rudy Gobert. 
was was his value. He's yeah. the best defender in the NBA most nights, uh, arguably at least. Uh, yet he is not a three point shooter, so is he even tradable? <laughs> yeah, like I heard a debate the other day, and it got me thinking, uh, like thinking about my own beliefs in basketball, which doesn't happen that often. And it was, mm-hmm. would not can, taking contracts as a factor out of this. Like, would you rather have Brooke Lopez or Rudy Gobert? Because Brooke Lopez this yeah. year has been a defensive player of the year candidate, and he can hit his threes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, straight yeah. up, there's no hesitation, Brooke Lopez. And he's been a good defensive player in, during his time in Milwaukee. He's basically, I mean, he gets an advantage of having Giannis, who's also one of the best defenders in the NBA. On his yeah, team the with problem him. is, the problem is he can't really defend guards, yeah. but he, he also can't the exist Bucks on his have own a defense, as like a defensive anchor. The Bucks have a defensive scheme that allows him to utilize his strengths while minimizing his weaknesses. Right. I mean, shout out to Coach Bud. He's one of the best regular season coaches in the NBA. I miss you, Bud. God damn, the, come back. Notice, notice how he said regular season. <laughs> yeah. Coach Bud yeah, is on that Popovich tree that tends to watching that Raptor series, and he refused to make an adjustment to his game plan, mm-hmm. and it just fucking destroyed and him. Shout out, and I don't know why he doesn't get more shit for shout that. Shout out to Brett Brown for being the only guy on the Popovich tree of disciples who has escaped the curse of failing to make postseason adjustments, because he is actually willing to take chances more than the other guys, and he's still a fairly conservative adjuster in the postseason, but he does just enough. He's also not a very good coach, but yeah, I I like him. I still, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Uh, so I think we we all agree, Wade. Then yeah, begrudgingly. Yeah. All right. All right. Be, be grudging. Now we're on to one of my favorite parts of this podcast. You know the kind of weird parts. Um. So so just to add a little bit of context, a couple maybe last week or whatever. We plan to, uh, they, these guys threw the idea at me of having a Hunger Games segment a part of the podcast. Yeah. Now, um, for some, for someone like me and maybe a few of you guys listening to this right now, I, I'm not a big TV watcher like that at all. Like, I'm not, I'm just, it's just not my thing. I can't do it. But um, they brought this Hunger Games thing and I was like, oh, what the hell is Hunger Games? Like, I mean, I heard of it, obviously, but I don't know, like, really what it is and what the whole idea behind it is. So... Um, what is it, Rusty, again, just for the people who need their minds so to be refreshed? So I, in middle school, I fucking loved the books, The Hunger Games, and then mm-hmm. I watched the movies, had a little bit of a thing for Jennifer Lawrence, may or may not have pinned yeah. those photos, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, what was I trying to say here? Other than that, I'm a pervert. Um, yeah. The only thing that I remember from Hunger <laughs> so, Games is that there's a bunch of bad bitches yeah. shooting arrows, and that's it. <laughs> that's okay, literally so, it, bro. So they choose a boy and a girl between the age of 13 and 18, I think. 13 to 18, I think that's what it is. Uh, in each district, there are 12 districts. So there's 24 people in total. They drop them in an arena. There is a thing in the center called the cornucopia, which has a bunch of weapons and supplies and things like that. So one of the the first choice that you make in the game is what really matters, which is do you go and try and grab those supplies with another 23 people potentially going for it? Uh Or do you run to the woods and try and get cover and try to get Mm -hmm. and hide? Because you Mm -hmm. can 
take the risk and get a get yourself really kitted out, get a nice fucking bow and arrow, get some get some knives or a machete or some shit, or like a Poseidon mm-hmm. trident that was in one of the movies for some reason. Yeah. And you can have a really good weapon or you cannot fucking die from trying to go get a weapon because at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game the first thing that happens is like eight people die because they're going for the cornucopia. So yeah. that's the first decision you make. And then there's a bunch of different natural things that they put in it or like really. So the whole arena is like simulated, uh, not simulated. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's like there's cameras everywhere. Cause it's a re- basically a reality show that they do every year uh, to show the government's power. And mm-hmm. Um, it can be manipulated by game makers. So like if, cause you, so kind of like, you know, like in Fortnite or Warzone, there's like a, like a gas thing that like pushes you in closer to the people. They'll have like, yeah. there's someone sitting in a tree. All right. Set that tree on fire. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> some crazy shit like that. And then, so they'll try and eventually push the players together to get it to be more entertaining. And then finally the last element of it. And I, we can choose whether or not to include this because that kind of throws some of the elements out of it. Uh, mm. Is that like marketability as a person matters a lot because like uh. there will be rich people that will like pay to give you gifts while you're in the arena to help you out. Like if you're like dying of thirst and you have a sponsor mm-hmm. that like wants you to win, they can send you a canteen, a uh, canteen full of water, things like that. So, like, if you're really boring or, like, you're, like, get in it when you're 13 and you're a little girl, like, what happens in the first one, like, no one's sponsoring you because they know you're going to fucking die. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so like, not being, but, like, that also applies to, like, not being an asshole. Because if you're, like, an asshole and you just, like, ruthlessly kill this 13-year-old girl with no mercy, no one's going to be like, yeah, let's help that guy out. He's a good guy. <laughs> So it's a weird <laughs> balance. It's a weird balance. Now, yeah. I want to gotcha. clarify one thing before I start calculating what decisions I need to make here. In the real Hunger Games, oh, I say real like it's a real thing. In the real fictional Hunger Games, it's a, you know, people team up, but ultimately it comes down to one, I think. Yes, that's important. Only one survivor. So is it implied that Technically, if I want I mean, to survive at the, the end, one, that I need to then be able to stab my teammates in the back (laughs) yeah so you can team up with people and but eventually you're gonna have to kill them and and the thing is also like like a full week before the game happens you're like in this incredible like really nice like hotel with a bunch of training facilities and as much food as you could ever ask for and you do interviews before it like it's a fucking sport like, it's actually pretty yeah. sick. Like, they'll have you go up, and you have to hang out with all the people that you're eventually going to kill. So, like, mm-hmm. I've seen... There's this uh, film theory video that he made about, um, uh, like, how to survive Hunger Games. And one of the first things he said was, you need to spend as much time as possible eating as much food as you can. Because loading up on that means extra fat. Which means you have more stuff yeah. to burn when you're starving. Uh, like sense. if you're really yeah. skinny, like Kevin Durant ain't surviving this shit. He's gonna have no yeah. meat on his bones, and he's gonna start getting hungry, and he's not gonna have any fat reserves 
to make up for that. So like Glenn Davis might have a pretty good damn good chance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or Raymond Felton. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Damn. Okay, I got you. So basically, uh, you need to be able to fight. You need to have good decision making, and you need to be marketable. So, so how many players do we like? Are we choosing like three players or what? Or uh, so I'm just gonna say the pool is in all NBA players. We're not gonna like limit it. Like, what NBA player throughout history, even? Do you think is the oh, most yeah. suited to win the Hunger Games? Mm. Damn, it's one NBA player. Well, when you were like when you're mentoring how mentioning how you need to have like a lot of fat in your body and shit, and uh, you know you need to have high IQ playmaking. Each other, I I like immediately thought of Nikola Jokic. Now is he like lost weight? I'm pretty sure he gained weight again for sure he did. Because <laughs> he had this weird thing where he lost hella weight during the regular season. He got in shape and but you also really not that weird. You also but, can't be so yeah. out of shape that like it's holding you back from like being able to run for your life. Like I mean, none yeah. of these guys. Jokic are out of is shape. one of the slower on players now. in the NBA. <laughs> They're at NBA players. Like Nikola Jokic is like memishly. Okay, out of but shape, he's playing but, like, against he's, he's playing against other shape. NBA players. That's the yeah. thing. Alright. Well if that's the case then I'm, and I'm far also and away thinking like if you're athletic, like all three of us in this theoretical thing happening here. Like assuming that like are we participating in the Hunger Games with these guys? Is that what's happening here? No, oh okay, no. thank God. Well like if you're like seven feet tall though, that makes you a very big target for like bow and like throwing knives and shit like that. Damn. There there are no guns, by the way. So, like, I'm thinking, like, okay. a seven-footer or something close to it. Like, Jokic is, like, 280-plus pounds. That's a big fucking target. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not okay, fast. I got you. <laughs> got uh, you. So, it needs to be a, a not incredibly tall player who has some fat reserves, but is also strong and fast and marketable-ish. And, like, I'm initially kind of thinking, like, James Harden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, James Harden has some fat on him, but it's but he's yeah. also strong and fast, and I guess he's marketable. It depends on how you view it. It's not like he's going to be like out there drawing fouls, so no one's going to be mad at him. Uh-huh. For what's that. the Hunger Games equivalent to <laughs> James Harden drawing fouls? Like, what's the what's the cheap bullshit <laughs> that you can pull off in the Hunger Games? Uh, that I don't know, man. I don't know. This is life or yeah. death. There's no time for nuance. <laughs> Yeah, so I this man got right. hard and shit. There's no, there's okay. no refs in the Hunger Games. Uh, but here's the thing, though. You don't necessarily... Because, like, you could also take a guy that's just physically dominant, and he will not be, like, low on food because he's able to just fuck people up. Like, I was thinking Ben Wallace is a good one. Because uh, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't have fat on him... Uh, yeah. he can go to the cornucopia and he can he can kill a man with his bare hands before anyone even gets to the weapons. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Jermaine O'Neal around. I'm thinking test. like modern NBA players right now. Dudes yeah. who are in the league today, and I was just thinking about what's that one big black dude who's uh, on the Celtics? He barely gets any playing time. He's Taco thick. Fall, I think he's like semi Ojale. No, 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 no. He's not thick. He's not thick. Semi Ojale. <laughs> 
Yeah, man, him. I choose either him or like Serge Ibaka. I need look. I'm I'm from Ab- my past. Yeah, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, really I'm I'm taking some roots. I'm taking I'm taking Serge. Serge is gonna get us hella sponsors. In the modern NBA, I'm, he's he's very media friendly. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he also eats weird yeah. shit, so he won't have he won't be picky out there. He'll eat a beetle like it's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I'm taking I'm taking Serge. Sticking to my roots. <laughs> I don't know. I want I want to go over a lot of players here because I think it's interesting. Like, I think I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't actually think Raymond Felton would do that bad. <laughs> my my number one overall pick, and I, I've been pretty confident in this since you even mentioned the idea of like NBA Hunger Games is Ben Simmons, like for sure, because like mm. he has this like perfect yeah. dichotomy of like having he's got that australian edge <laughs> like those people are fucking crazy. <laughs> they, they are naturally hey. going crazy uh down under but uh what i was thinking <laughs> is how ben simmons is kind of cold and calculated but like also not yeah. so much to the point to where like he turns off the media in fact like the media is fascinated by him he's in, he's so pretty yeah. people <laughs> can't take their eyes off him he's incredibly good decision maker one of the best passers in the nba right <laughs> And uh, well, on the court, IQ doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily translate to overall IQ. To be fair, sure, sure. I mean, he's smart enough not to say too much. He just makes the, the right media, decision a lot. Sure. I mean, when the last time you heard a misslip? Yeah, ben he makes Simmons the right court. decision a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's where he was going to. Okay, so one player that I was like, I oh, think I hit the money on with this. Thinking IQ though, Jalen Brown is probably a good one. Can we talk oh, about LeBron? Yeah, what yeah, that's LeBron a really good one. That's really games. Good. Let's let's say yeah. something interesting. I don't know. I want to veer away from some of the best players. In the I don't NBA. know. LeBron would start talking shit about his teammates of the media, and they just get pissed with yeah, it. Yeah, he'd still <laughs> get all the sponsors. <laughs> yeah, you know who get, comes to mind? He would get the whole league, to, the whole Hunger Games media, to play to his hand. How <laughs> 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 to do that shit? Yeah, actually, I like that idea. I like that idea. But a player that comes to mind that just doesn't have the marketability is uh, freaking James Johnson. Yes, that's definitely one of them because he knows like Taekwondo or some shit like that. He's like the modern Nene. He's he's one of those. The guy who actually knows how to fight for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and he ain't no bitch to know. He don't don't bitch down to know. Nene would be awesome. I like him a lot on that. And I, I could see that guy eating a bug. Like, I don't think he would have a big issue with that. Yeah, yeah, any guy who dyes sure. her hair red for sure probably eats bugs <laughs> like that's like that's a guy who can eat bugs not saying he does but <laughs> he could if he needed to and he wouldn't be a bitch <laughs> uh yeah, lebron though <laughs> I, was, I had a joke about it and i completely forgot what i was gonna say fuck uh damn tisk tisk <sighs> fuck Oh, LeBron hey. has so many stands that he'd get like if he had to kill like a little girl, his fans would make excuses for it. <laughs> oh yeah, that was like, look, that little girl was fucking sneaky. She was gonna stab him in the neck or something like that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you're right, dude. Actually, damn, man, I like that idea. I like LeBron that idea. has pretty good odds. Ooh, I would get a. Uh, but John also, Jackson. also, let's take let's let's do take something take something into consideration here. Like an element of crazy definitely matters, for sure. Yeah, it helps exactly. And even though he's really, really fucking skinny, Kevin Garnett definitely would do pretty well. For sure, he has a lot Ooh. of crazy. Yeah, 
He has a lot of great. Like I could see Kevin, I could see Kevin Garnett like cutting a guy's head off and then like throwing it at someone else. Like if he actually, Mm -hmm. if he was in this scenario, like he would do some wild shit like that. Like jam his fingers into somebody's eye or something. One of the first people I said was Ron Artest. I mean, he's a yeah, Ron Artest too for sure. NBA crazy. And Ron Artest isn't like crazy skinny. He's not necessarily fat, but he is also not like. One percent body fat, like Kevin Garnett. Is. He's, he's got some big meaty yeah, elbows. Okay. One time he took out James Harden. So how do you guys think Patrick Beverly would do in this? Because you know, I think I, I can see him yeah. like not even stabbing, biting someone. Yeah, <laughs> he's a biter for sure. I could <laughs> see, stab, I could see man. Patrick Beverly like ripping someone's neck out with his teeth. Like that guy's exactly. that fucking psycho. Yeah, but yeah, but Patrick he's also really yeah. ridiculous. Win the he's also games. in he's ridiculous like, shape, he so he probably doesn't have a whole to be interesting. He probably doesn't have a whole lot of weight on him. Yeah. I'm just saying, like he's he's not the main character. No, no one's betting on Pat Bev to win. <laughs> They're just interested to hey, see. No one was betting on Katniss Everdeen. No one was betting on Katniss Everdeen, man. <sighs> All right, so Patrick Beverly is Katniss Everdeen, huh? <laughs> I want to make a Photoshop of Patrick Beverly as Katniss Everdeen for the fucking thumbnail. <laughs> I would love that. Do you, do you think Patrick Beverly has ever whipped out the bow and arrow celebration? I don't think so. If he if he has, nah, we need to. I know, but I don't, also don't think that shot. celebration means you're good with a bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, you know who'd be great also. Freaking uh, PJ Tucker. I think he'd be solid. Yeah, 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 and he has a lot of fat. He has a lot of fat. Yeah. Sure. He's gritty. He's strong as fuck. Player. Who does, whose signature is the bow and arrow? Like, who does that shit more than anybody else? Uh, Jamal Murray and Wesley Matthews. Wesley so, Matthews? So they would be good, yeah. right? Just because you do a celebration doesn't mean you know how to shoot a bow and arrow. Okay, so <laughs> I think Wesley Matthews definitely good. Jamal Murray. I've done finger guns before. I'm not good with a pistol. <laughs> Zion would be solid too. Holy shit! What? Why did don't know? Why did no one mention Zion? Zion would win. Yes, Zion would win. Damn, Zion might actually be. I don't think he has the crazy because he's like he seems like kind of a he's a superstar, but he doesn't have that like. I don't think Zion would kill him. He's not really crazy. He's really nice. Yeah, he seems like a very high. He's more passive. He's incredibly marketable. He has a yeah. lot of he has a lot of extra weight on him. He is ridiculously yeah. strong. He is fast as fuck. Like he Damn, might be I, the best mix of all the things you need. He's my number one overall pick for that shit. I ain't gonna lie. I got. I need him. I need. I don't know right how there. I didn't think of Zion. I'm, I'm still taking That's Ben Simmons because yeah. I think he can kill a man and not blink at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal. It's not necessarily about who gets the most kills. Like I've played enough Warzone to know that you can win a game with two kills. Like. You don't you don't have to load up on the kills. It can be like I mean, Katniss in the fucking first. I don't know what the numbers are in the first uh, the other Hunger Games, but I know in the first one, I'm pretty sure she killed like three guys in total. Like that's mm-hmm. not a lot for because there were a lot of people that had like eight fucking people they killed. Yeah, how uh, bad does she feel about hmm. it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I haven't seen that fucking movie in a long time. Well, we need to and check it wasn't the good enough to watch it again. And so. see how much these people empathize <laughs> with the people they murder. I know she shot one guy with a bow and then she killed the main guy at the end, the the blonde jock dude. And I think she killed someone mm-hmm. else at some point. I know she killed that late that chick who had who was insane and threw knives. That chick. She killed her. So that's three people. 
Damn. Me and Mojo probably should have That's watched not a lot, though. Before this. I'm not, I'm not Kobe would be game. nice as fuck in this too, dude. Kobe would be dumb. Oh, yeah, Kobe super don't dumb. Don't me of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he would be relentless on these tweets. Wilt Chamberlain would be interesting. Ah, Let's... yeah. But I would, do you think he would be able to compete with the athletes, though, <laughs> over there instead of five foot white men? <laughs> Man, a bunch Will of like Chamberlain was they, a they, ridiculous athlete for any yeah, era. He could dunk from the free throw line. You know how to, not you know like what they say, man. What the rumors say, but he could dunk from the free that throw line. That dude was seven foot one. He could bench like four hundred pounds. He had a like forty inch <laughs> vertical. That dude's an insane mm-hmm. athlete any era. He just yeah. maybe doesn't average. He just maybe doesn't average fifty in today's NBA. That was a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> he could definitely put up some nasty numbers for sure. But I'm just saying, if you watch Wilt footage, that dude passes the eye test for sure. I don't know that anyone beats Zion though. I think Zion's the best guy here. Uh, I'm still good. He has that. Sure. Kind, he has a lot of fat storage that he can burn off. Like he does. He might not have to eat for the whole damn thing. I think we're sleeping on the Ben Wallace thing you mentioned earlier. I was thinking of Ben Simmons, and I said, well, Ben Ben Wallace is also a really good one that came up. Ben Wallace has an arm that's the size of my arms that are the size of my entire fucking torso. <laughs> good grief. He's a monster. Ben Wallace is fucking strong. David Robinson, I don't think he's a crazy enough. He's like kind of in that same vein, but I don't think he's insane enough to beat Ben Wallace. Because uh, Ben mm-hmm. Wallace had that element of crazy for sure. Um, yeah. Did anyone mention uh, Dennis Rodman? Oh no, oh, Dennis we Rodman. Up and that's... Did not mention Dennis Rodman yet. This is way too late. Dennis, I don't yeah. know. This is interesting because Dennis Rodman, like off the court, is a really nice guy, a weird fucking guy, but a nice guy on the court. Yeah. He was a killer though. So like, I guess you would take the on the court mentality in this scenario. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Solid. This has just been us like shouting out names. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we have like uh, a little bit over like ten minutes until we uh, reach our threshold, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, uh, did you want to get into? The, I remember you earlier in the podcast. You said you wanted to talk about some bank shit again, the bank scenario, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. So, this one is what probably going to make. If we actually go into the depths of this, this will make it a long podcast episode. But like. You brought up the question when we interviewed Emio, which I still think is like our best podcast episode. And you brought mm-hmm. up the question, uh, what uh, what three NBA players would you rob a bank with? And that was like a fun yes, like sir. twenty minute section of like an two hour long podcast in total. But yeah, I thought it would be interesting if we took that question and then also like a, told what our strategy was with those players mm-hmm. on top of it. So gotcha. let me let me let me like lay I have out, one off rip. Let me let me off lay rip, out, I got one. Let me lay out like a bank and like here's a scenario. So uh-huh. you're in an average sized town. There is a decent police yeah. force, but it's not like if you rob a bank, the SWAT team is showing up. All right. There's a mm-hmm. vault with a hundred thousand dollars in it. It has a one one a four key combination that you have to get from the bank teller. Or if they don't give it to you, you can just fucking break it open or some shit. I don't know. Is the year nineteen fifty one? There are a couple. <laughs> there. Are... What did you? Say? What did you say? Said, is the year nineteen fifty one? What the yeah, hell's going what I on with you this said. bank? <laughs> so it's just like an. It's a decent sized bank, but it's in a relatively average town. 
Mm-hmm. And what else was I going to say? Rudy threw me <laughs> off. There's a decent amount of people on the bank that you have to take as hostages uh, or just tell them to get on the fucking ground. You know the spiel. And you have yeah. to get away within a reasonable amount of time. There are still cameras and everything like that. And as a as a rule of thumb for this whole thing, all the players are like them as themselves in real life. Still have a bunch of money and resources. Still are have the level of fame that each of the players do, depending on who you're choosing. Because obviously, mm-hmm. uh, fucking Chris Dunn is less famous than Stephen Curry. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay, I got you. But you can also take you can also take the money that these players have and use that as a way to help rob the bank. Not to an extreme though, because you still have to be profitable because it's only a hundred thousand dollars in there. You can't spend like six million dollars on a fucking like helicopter and then <laughs> to get a hundred thousand right. dollars. That'd be a little bit gotcha. of a waste. Gotcha. Okay, I I got my three players ready on deck. You guys want to hear sure. them? Sure. Got you. Bet. So I have a game plan. I have a layout. You know, I'm very, I'm very strategic when it comes to this. Not that I actually like do this or rob banks or anything. Uh, but um, <laughs> the, three, the three players that I have on deck are I have them for specific reasons too because they they bounce they fit well with each other. So I have a super innocent dude, a guy who looks like he wouldn't hurt a fly. He don't even look like he played basketball. I got Kevin Herter. Someone who's hella unintimidating him. No one will ever suspect a thing with him. I got the distraction, you know, one of the most, like, unnecessary dudes in the NBA. I got, like, Patrick Beverly. He's just a distraction. He's just there for the Rawa. I'm going to keep him. I had him the first time around. And then uh, I need someone lengthy, you know. I don't know. I need someone lengthy out of the two. Um, Pat- Kevin Herter got good size. Patrick Beverly, he's, average- he's obviously, like, more normal size or whatever. Nothing crazy about him but his mentality. Uh, I think I may I may choose, you know, I may have to draft Rudy if Rudy Gobert. <laughs> you know, everybody knows the dealio with him, bro. Everybody knows the dealio with him. Everyone's going to be scared about getting the virus from him. Right? Yes, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. Game rap. I want this already, dog. Well, I, well, I also want to see, like, what's your strategy robbing this bank? How are you going about it? Got you. So here's the thing. I'm going to have Patrick Beverly burst into the scene. First off, actually, Kevin Hurd is going to be the first one entering the bank, and he's going to be, you know, acting like he's one of the customers, whatever the hell. But he's really going to be the one doing the dirty work because no one suspects him to be. He's just, he's just a redhead dude with no facial hair for shit, okay? He looks like he's 18. I got him doing the actual dirty work. But I got Patrick Beverly being the big distraction, threatening to rob people or whatever, and, you know, causing a ruckus. And I got Rudy Gobert. He's, uh, I'm not really sure about his role on this because I haven't really, that was just a random thing. That well, you have to have someone there, to help carry the money out. Money, a big Yeah, I guess Rudy's going to be, you're right, you're right, you're right. I think I'm going to have, I'm going to have Rudy do that. And I don't think anybody's going to try to stop or touch Rudy or be in his like vicinity because, you know, man, man's got the, got the Roni, you know? <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to have those. That's how, that's how my game plan is. I'm going to have, um, Patrick Bell would be a distraction. Kevin Herter, you know, be the one actually pulling out the gun and, you know, applying pressure to these bank clerks and stuff to, you know, unlock the safe and stuff like that. And I'm going to have Rudy Gobert being the one actually carrying the money because, yeah, I'm going to have him being the one carrying the money because no one's going to actually want to touch him, you know? So that's my game plan. That's how I approach this. This man's weaponizing the virus. (laughs) 
yeah, I got I got to get any every advantage that I got, bro. I need every. Okay, advantage. let me tell every you advantage. my strategy. I've seen enough heist movies. My favorite, my favorite movie of all time is a heist movie, kind of Baby Driver. So I have, I have, basically, kind of my game plan set already. So you mm. need the driver, the getaway driver, the dude who's gonna help you evade the police. So mm-hmm. you need a guy in the NBA who is a big car guy who drives a lot, and I happen to know that Jimmy Butler is a big car guy, and also. Mm. He's fucking crazy, so he can do some of the crazy yeah. shit you need him to do. He cut right. through. He cut next, through. You're right. Next, I want the guy who can be intimidating to the people. Let them know shit's serious, and he can also fight. Yeah. So I'm taking James yeah. Johnson. He can kick a motherfucker. Uh-huh. No one has to die. I mean, we're going to have guns, obviously, but I need yeah. a guy who can, like... I need a guy who knows how to just press some spot on a dude's neck to knock him out. He seems like he knows yeah. how to <laughs> And then finally, I need a guy to carry the money. So I'm going to go with probably Dwight Howard because he's one of the strongest players in the league. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I see a flaw. (laughs) I see a flaw in your thing. For my thing, with my guys, like. Some average guys, average looking guys. I have someone. I have someone who's not that noticeable, and I have someone who's quiet too. You need you need a silent killer, and that's what Kevin Herter is. He's not a big. He's not a big media dude. He's not no rah rah dude on the court. All those dudes that you just named are pretty much are. So like, I, I mean, you need you need at least one dude who's like yeah. All those guys are pretty well known. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, another Johnson candidate really that I isn't. That James I was, Johnson really isn't. Yeah. He. I mean, I think until you fuck with him, like. In the slightest bit, that's when that's when he is. So some well, I mean, like he's not like, like a Rudy. famous, not that famous. I mean, like people are gonna be like, oh, that's ah, okay, James you. Johnson. Gotcha. <laughs> like no one. Really I'm just letting you guys know that perfect candidates out there are guys like Lonzo Ball. He's silent and stuff like that, and you know, you know, he's a good defender. You know, stealing blah blah blah. And then also candidate is um, fuck. Oh, um, what's the dude name? Marcus Morris, I think. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the right one, right? Yeah, but yeah, he can he's he, he good... can get set off if he needs to. But I think like so the teller, the bank teller, he has the four digit code. So you have to yeah. intimidate him into giving it to you. And I feel like James yeah. Johnson could find some pressure points to like just hurt a guy in the right way to make him be like, All right, here's the fucking code. Like that. Oh yeah. Got you. You're right, you're right, you're right. I mess with it. I mess with it. I mess right, with Rudy, it. Rudy, what's your plan? All right. I have this weird gut feeling that I've talked about this equation before on another podcast, like whether it be mine or this one or something else. But I'm definitely just going to switch it up from how I've answered it before because this is how I feel now. I think it's a pretty good strategy. So, first of all, I'm the driver. I'm the getaway driver. That's my whole role. I'm never stepping out of the vehicle. Number two... John Stockton. Are you that good of a driver? Are you confident you can evade police once you... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a bad driver. I'm good at speeding. That's that's something. That's just, that's just my control freak in me, just wanting to have that level of control yeah. to help exercise this plan in a, in a way I'm confident which I can perform in. I, my number one pick is John right. Stockton because what he's going to do is he's going to we walk into done the bank. all-time players, but I guess we can do it. He's going to walk into the bank and look like an entirely normal person 
And then just like he did when he uh, went to the Olympics with the dream team, he's going to walk around the lobby asking people if they recognize him. And then eventually when he forces them to recognize (laughs) them, he's going to make everyone else start to like slowly figure out that this is John Stockton and who he is and exactly how relevant. And after the eternity it takes for everyone in the bank to gather around John Stockton and finally be impressed with who he is and what he's done and understand all of that. What I have already done by the time that has happened is I have dropped off Earl Boykins in a back alley behind the bank and he has gotten on top of the van and gotten <laughs> into the air vent system. Earl. Okay. So we have Earl Boykins you know who in Earl the vents. Mojo. Yeah. Earl Boykins is like one of the shortest players in NBA history. Uh, shout yeah. out to Andrew Quo. Yeah, his his handle like five, on Twitter five. is at Earl Boykins. <laughs> uh, so he's he's a the co-host the cookie soups show anyway stop shouting out other people's podcasts on our podcast ah, okay all right fine, fine <laughs> so we got earl boykins in the vents john stockton forcing everyone to recognize him and then i'm driving ben simmons up to the building across the street to get a vantage point from the roof and what he's gonna do is he's going to use binoculars, his his vision, you know, his, his vision, get it like passing vision, and he's going to radio in to yeah. Earl Boykins and uh, John Stockton and myself uh, what's happening around me as I idly circle the block un- mm. uh, inconspicuously. If Earl Boykins can't get into the safe and uh, put all the money in the bags that he's brought into the air vents with him, uh, then the ultimate fail save is to just pick up Ben Simmons and have him walk in there with a gun and intimidate them. And we get in there in and out as fast as possible. But what we're trying to do is have Earl Boykins unlock the safe from the inside with all of the money and then have me pick up Ben Simmons. Once the money is all secure, we both drive up to the back of the bank where I picked up Earl Boykins and either he puts the money in the vents and we all just, you know, take our time getting at that. This all depends on how much time John Stockton can buy us. I'm confident he can buy us like an hour and a half, but it might just be 15 minutes. Uh, either way, Earl Boykins so is like walking like out. Just desperately playing, just desperately playing for attention. Everyone's giving it to him like, okay, we get it. You have the most assists in NBA history. Right. Here's a fucking cookie. Like, oh, you're, a, you're, this, you're the all-time steals leader? That's not ironic wow, in any way. Wow, that sure is. <laughs> Yeah, my granddaughter graduated from Duke. That's pretty. <laughs> uh, he's gonna be like, I was on the dream team. Yeah, it was it was the twelfth man, but you know the team that made the we we went to the Olympics and and the oh 90s. yeah, I think I heard about them. Yeah, they had Michael Jordan, right? right? Yeah, 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 and Charles yeah, Barkley, and all yeah. those guys. Yeah, I was with them. This is gonna buy us so yeah, much time. That Earl Boykins is either guys. going to be able to put all <laughs> the money in bags back through the air vents, and we just escape nonchalantly through the back the same way we came in, or at least we're going to be able to have Earl Boykins pick up at least one bag and walk out through the back door uh, with by just opening the safe from the inside, and then as so Earl Boykins walks stealth, out, stealth Ben Simmons approach. walks in and picks up the rest because he's he has a lot more ability to carry the rest of the money. Well, okay, how, my question is, how are you getting the four-digit code? We're inside the safe through the vents. That's what Earl Boykins does. But if that doesn't work, then it all else fails. We get Ben Simmons off the roof and have him walk in there with a gun and just threaten people. He'll probably shoot someone just to make the point. (laughs) 
Uh, and it's going to happen very fast <laughs> that way. But mm, if mm. Earl Boykins can get into the safe from the events, then John Stockton is going to make this a very long process. It's either going to be 90 seconds or 90 minutes. Either way, loads of fun. Why not? Why not choose uh, Muggsy Bogues? Because that was the first name that came to he mind. And I thought Earl Boykins was a little bit more hip. okay uh it's good you didn't choose isaiah thomas like the five seven one yeah because like that that guy has such a personality and ego he would have been like man i don't want to be the one crawling through the vent plus people probably recognize (laughs) him yeah Yeah. earl boykins would be willing to get down in the dirt i don't know about mugsy he's kind of a legend too you know earl boykins is just kind of a guy honestly Yeah, Earl Boykins tried to come in and be the short guy, but it was like Muggsy Bogues is already the short guy. You're you're not mm-hmm. you don't matter. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Uh, Earl Boykins. I'm pretty sure he's not dead, but his career is. I don't think Earl Boykins is dead. His career is dead. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I should probably check that before laughing. <laughs> Earl is Earl Boykins the, dead? How the fuck do you spell? livingordead.com Earl Boykins That's such a catchy last name <laughs> Alive He's alive <laughs> livingordead.com <laughs> Can't believe Why is this a website <laughs> Someone's got to do it man He's 43 <laughs> doing just fine He's he's 5 foot 4 God He's probably damn. healthy happy it would be secure. real unfortunate if just news came out that he died from the virus like right before this podcast god comes out. Oh my god. Pain. <laughs> Knock on wood. I don't know that we could recover from that. He was born in Cleveland. <laughs> he's 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 the he's the proto LeBron James. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron James is solid. If he was five four. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say that I'm uh-huh. getting out of the bank with money for sure. Yeah, I didn't think about taking the stealth approach. I went more the traditional route. Like, I need a driver. I need. I mean, the situation you set up was like a money. fucking like a Western bank in a movie. It was like, give me all the money, see? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's fucking that's the gangster movie. I, I said Western, but whatever. That's all the same. I mean, it still works. Yeah. It still gets the job done. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's it. 